You're listening to the Party in My Plants podcast, and you're about to hear how to put nutrition on a pole and strip it down, baby. I'm talking to the founder of Nutrition Stripped on the show, and I may or may not be inspired by my fiance who's currently planning his bachelor party. Welcome to the Party in My Plants podcast, where I make healthy living as fun as a party so you'll, you know, actually want to do it and then actually feel, look, and live your best. I'm your host, Talia Pollock. Now let's get this party started. This episode is enthusiastically sponsored by a product I couldn't swear by more if I tried. Four Sigmatic Mushrooms. I didn't say swear about more. I said swear by. I couldn't swear by the magic of mushrooms more if I tried. I originally tried a packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea in a glass of hot water because, well, I was gifted a free single packet of Four Sigmatic Mushroom Tea by a friend. I had no idea what it did or what was going to happen to me. And I was skeptical because this whole mushroom thing is trendy right now. And I'm always skeptical of trendy things. Read, I avoid trendy things to not be trendy. You know what I mean? But anyway, I drank the shrooms and I felt truly awesome. It's hard to explain. I just felt more awesome than before I drank it. Since then, I've ordered it and consumed about two packets of shrooms a day and I can't get enough. I am telling you, these mushrooms are magic. Although they don't make me hallucinate in a bathtub like my ex-boyfriend's famous magic mushroom experience, which honestly, he seemed way too proud of in hindsight. But hear this, I wasn't hallucinating the magical effects of these shrooms. They are ultra scientifically proven to boost immunity and gut health. Yes, please. And thank you. And the four different shrooms that Four Sigmatic uses most, hence the four in Four Sigmatic. Eh? I just got that too. Well, like three minutes ago. But they all do different epic things for your body. Rishi helps you relax. Cordyceps give you non-caffeinated energy for sports and stuff. Lion's mane, which does not come from my lion's mane, boosts your brain. That one's easy to remember. And chaga is, yeah, yeah, good for immunity issues, like when you're traveling or feeling run down and or both. Okay, enough blabbering from me. I just finished a mushroom matcha latte. Oh, yeah, Four Sigmatic has mushroom matcha powder. If I could just stop blabbering for a damn second, I could tell you that because you listen to this podcast, thank you for that, you can save 15% off any and all Four Sigmatic shroom stuff you want to buy off their site, Four Sigmatic, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com using code PARTYINMYPLANTS to save that 15%, baby. Man, maybe I had way too much mushroom matcha. Okay, onward to the show. Even though I think today's guest doesn't really need an introduction, I'm going to introduce her anyway, because doing otherwise would be pretty weird. Mikkel Hill, a superstar dietitian and the founder of the powerhouse wellness brand called Nutrition Stripped, has been stripping down the complex topic of nutrition for five epic years years now. In those five years, she's written a cookbook, launched a robust society. She operates a thriving coaching practice. She's built a shop of super adorbs, planty t-shirts, and sexy stationery. And she's brought knowledge and inspiration to millions and millions of health-seeking peeps. For somebody whose senior high school superlative was to be the next Picasso, she's really been rocking the next impressive and stylish avocado-eating entrepreneur female judge on Shark Tank superlative these days, too. Here's my chat with Mikkel about how she balances it all while keeping her body healthy and her plant eating on fleek. Mikkel, thank you so much for coming on the Party of My Plants podcast. It is so funny. The other day, my fiance and I were putting together a little engagement registry on anthropology, and he was browsing. He's like, hey, have you ever heard of this book, Nutrition Stripped? Because I guess they sell it at anthropology. And I was like, yeah, she's coming on the podcast this week. It was a cute little moment. <laughs> um, it's an amazing moment because we just had um, like several of our community, like girls were just 
I mean, really, I think it was like 10 in the scope of two days were DMing us like with pictures of them holding up the cookbook. And I was like, where are they? And then everyone was saying that they're at Anthropology, But that was actually how we learned that Anthro was selling the cookbook in stores around the U.S. <laughs> and then also online. And it like just yeah. happened so randomly because once you get in the publishing world, like you kind of don't like know what happens to your book. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> it goes on its own, you know, on its own journey. So anyway, that was just an amazing touch point and another reason why I just am so grateful to have like an incredible community that can like tell me things like that. Yeah. So that was really cool. That but is congrats. awesome. Oh, congrats to you. You just got yeah, engaged. I did. Thank you. And side note, my fiance's name is also Jesse. Oh, how sweet <laughs> is that? I know. It's crazy. Jesse, I just love that name. And then I saw yeah. yours is Jesse. I was like, Jesse's engagements. Oh, so sweet. It's a that's such a good name. And his it last is. name, which will be my last name, my my name's already kind of difficult to pronounce, Mikkel. I mean, most people it's very when unusual. they read it, I get so many different variations. But um my last name is gonna be Kuinga, which is Whoa. Dutch. So now when someone sees it it's just gonna be like what who is this person <laughs> How did, what but, is Mikkel is, I've never heard a name like that my mom made it up I mean to be <laughs> quite honest like I, I wish I had like a really cool story although I think it's that kind of cool. sweet yeah she made it up I was going to be like Alicia I think uh-huh. um my grandmother was championing for Alicia but my mom was reading a McCall's magazine which was um kind of our generation's cosmopolitan magazine okay and she always loved the name Kelly so it was between Alicia and Kelly and so she just like literally mixed the two words Kelly and McCall and came up with Mikkel wow and so that's it that I was is literally fascinating. Named, like the day that I was born so oh my god <laughs> that is so special yeah. Yeah. So it's one of a kind. That is really cute. Well, speaking of cute, do you have a cute engagement proposal story to tell us? Oh my goodness. I mean, I, it was perfect. I think, um, I mean, I assume, but for me at least, like I would always think about like, oh, what is this day going to be like? You know, we knew we were going to get married the first day that we met and we got set up on a blind date. And it was one of those things where you, it sounds so cliche when I tell the story, but it's like, we both were in a place in our life where it just, it was kind of meant to be because we both weren't looking for a relationship. I was like high on life, single for a good, you know, six months to a year, um, really coming into my own person and just really, really like loving who, who I am and also like what my life was. And I knew what I wanted. I knew what I needed. And so I, I kind of went into this blind date with me and I, um, you know, it's like guard up, like, you know, just like, I don't just need like, you. I'm an independent woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. It was like that. Like I literally was talking to my best friend, Paul on the phone before the date. And he was like, girl, don't settle. You're amazing. <laughs> so I walked in like, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm not going to settle. <laughs> and I swear it was just like, you know, like everything went out the window and I just like, we both just fell it, fell wow. hard on that first night. So Anyway, um, our engagement was really sweet. It was New Year's Eve day um, in the afternoon. We were getting like just set up to get ready for the night. We had plans to go get drinks and then we were going to a party afterwards. So in normal like fashion, he's always uber romantic. So he had like roses and champagne. I really didn't think anything of it, right? Because it's also New Year's Eve. Yeah. um, Which is also like both of our favorite holidays. But I am an insanely intuitive person. So I kind of knew like something was happening that week and especially that day of like I knew something was like happening and I was hoping that he would propose and it, and it happened but the way that it happened was such a surprise and was just really sweet you know it happened in our kitchen which is like the That's heart of our home and I know, I know we spend so much time in it so um it was just it was really beautiful there was a lot of tears a lot of you know it's just it, it's kind of a blur too yeah like when you think about it, all, all I remember seeing is like something sparkly, but I didn't really understand <laughs> what it was. And I was like, what's happening? And everything kind of just like fades out. And I just hear, will you marry me? Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I'll marry oh. you. And I'm bawling my eyes out. And Luna's like jumping all over the place because she's like, what's happening, mom and dad? She's a dog, you know, by Lu- the way. Luna's if people, dog. Don't, yeah, Luna's if people dog. don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luna's our dog. So it was perfect. It That's was uh, everything I could have ever wanted. Oh, do you have a date and everything set already? Probably sometime in the fall, but uh, honestly, we're just kind of like chilling yeah. and yeah, soaking this in. Yeah. And, you know, he and I both are 
we kind of go with the flow. So we really just want to like take it as it comes because I know so many, um, not only have I coached, you know, brides to be and also my future sister-in-law because my brother's getting married this year. Like I just, I understand like how much stress is involved. And so we really just want to like chill (laughs) and make sure that we enter in this, this next beautiful chapter. Um, good yeah. you know and not stressed out so yes well yeah. we will get into stress because I know that stress is one of the things you talk about most we already have our date we're, we're October 5th we're moving along it's oh, been no. medium stressful but um yeah. you know trying to stay low-key about it it's just one day it'll be a great day but there's many more days after that that'll also be great so yes. try not to put all our eggs in this one basket because then it's just crazy yes yes you never want to have that like weird melancholy like post wedding yeah. wedding day bliss where it's like oh man that was so fun and we spent a year you know for this one day it's like um we just have to stay you, you got to stay present you yeah. know throughout the whole thing and just really milk it and enjoy yeah, it milk it. that's well, awesome for you guys oh thanks well does your jesse share your passion for healthy eating or does he enjoy it yes Jesse has a really interesting story. So he didn't have electricity until he was 15 years old. His family is completely self-sustaining. So, you know, I'm coming again, like kind of flash, flashing back to our first date or whatever. I'm telling him what I do, X, Y, Z. And it was just hilarious because he was telling me like, yeah, like I grew up on fresh greens and like my family literally ate off of their own land, chickens, eggs, like the whole nine yards. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, like he teaches me some things, especially (gasps) about gardening and um, like sustainability and recycling and again, being a little bit more like conscious of uh, food waste and things like that. So I'm I'm really grateful. And wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Okay. well, then you can't relate to this big stressor that most people come to me (laughs) with, which is that their significant other doesn't want to eat healthy with them. You know, they're not on the avocado toast train with them. So yeah. I'm sure you've coached people through that, even if you don't have that experience now. But what do you say when your clients are like, what do I do? My husband doesn't want to eat healthy. My fiance, my roommate, like, how do you help people navigate that? Yeah, 100%. So I think first things first is like, let's say it's you, for example, like if it's you and your healthy eating habits or your health goals that you're really trying to prioritize, then I say prioritize that. So this isn't a selfish way of thinking. I'm just saying you you see so many or I've seen so many clients of mine who kind of bend over backwards making five meals for their families or and none of them are catering to their own health needs. And so I first ask and like invite people just to be like, okay, well what what do you want and what do you need with your food or for example or your meals to make you feel really good and to be healthy. Okay, part 1 done. Part 2, mm-hmm. how do you engage your family or roommates or husband or wife to also explore that with you? You know, it's going to sound cliché, but communication is key. So saying and voicing like, "Hey, I want to eat this way because I want to feel good or I want to explore this. Like, will you explore this with me? There's so many things that can spark out of just open communication and conversation of voicing like, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want and and kind of making it fun, too. So trying to cook together regardless of cooking expertise on either side. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you both quote, can't cook, that's even more fun because you can open up a cookbook and explore it together and really just remember to have the lens of curiosity, exploration, and fun versus the lens of pressure, I should do this, we should know how to to cook or eat healthy. Because there's, do you see what I'm saying? There's like two ways you can look at it and one can be really stressful um, and make that whole like opportunity to find a new passion together or connect on a different way and also just eat healthy food or it can be, you know, a really fun experiment for you guys. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what your whole, your whole thing, Nutrition Stripped is about. It's about making it feel enjoyable and not the shoulds. Like you're not should, should, should. You're not forcing or stressing anybody out about like, oh my God, if you eat gluten or if you eat eggs or if you don't eat eggs or if you don't, you know, like it's all about, you know, making it the lifestyle. And I think what you just said makes a lot of sense, you know, doing it with your partner, making it fun. And I think it's really important that you said, you know, to prioritize it and to prioritize yourself because, you know, they always say, and 
the old cliche, you know, when you're on an airplane and they're like, put your own oxygen mask on first before helping others. I mean, that is just the perfect, you know, metaphor for healthy living and eating. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, really, I, I say this all the time. I say it to myself every day. I say it publicly too, but if you, you have to show up for yourself fully before you show up for others. And I mean, that's, that's it. And any walk of, you know, life that you're, you're looking at it through the angle of healthy eating, through exercise, through sleep, whatever it is, or work, it's a different self-care, but it's, it's necessary self-care. You know what I mean? Like so, so many true. people think of self-care of being manicures and pedicures. And of yeah. course they can include that, you know, I, I'm, I'm all about that, but also like self-care is like waking up and like brushing your teeth, like drinking water, you know, socializing, like having fun, enjoying like nature, like the very simple, like human things that we need. And that, that alone is, is self-care um, too, especially like in today's world where we're all always putting, you know, other people before us or not taking care of ourselves in, in any, in any way. I mean, that's literally self-care. Like you are caring yeah. for yourself. I mean, I would say the manicures and the baths and the, you know, spa days, that's next level self-care. That's like after you've done the basics of like yeah. prioritizing <laughs> your own sleep, prioritizing drinking water, you know, yeah. prioritizing quiet time, whatever it is like manicure it d- isn't going to help you if you're not prioritizing the essentials. Yeah. But it, it's, it's so amazing. Like so many of my clients who come to me, it's like really fundamental, like simple tweaks like that, that have and make the world of impact and long lasting, you know, behavior change and feel good change um, versus just like, Hey, I'm going to sit on a meditation cushion, you know, and make this whole event out of meditation where right. else it could just be a tool, you know? Yeah. Well, let's back up a little and talk about who the heck you are, except I think most people who <laughs> like plants know very well who you are, except for my Jesse, apparently, when he saw your book. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, tell us about how you created the massive brand nutrition strip, because you originally set out in life and college to be an artist, right? Yeah. You were Gosh, in art it's school. Such an interesting. <laughs> well, so it's an it's an interesting trajectory of like, how I got to be quote here. So in high school, I graduated high school, by the way, with like 1.83 GPA, I think. Wow. I was rocking like, you know, that level of academia. Nice. Um, because I was banking on the fact that I was going to go to art school. I was heavily into art. I loved photography. I loved painting, sculpture. I mean, literally everything creative I could get my hands on. That was that was me. My senior superlative was actually the next Pablo Picasso. Uh-huh. And so that was actually kind of a I mean, that's, that's where I was, but, um, fast forward to the fact that like, I knew I wasn't going to be comfortable making a living on that. There were too many uncertainties for me. Um, but I was like, I need to get into something that I do enjoy and like make a quote, like real career out of at the time I was really like gung ho about like, Oh, I have to have this real career. Right. Cause pressure from family or just society when in hindsight, it's actually kind of funny because you know, millennials and like, there are so many opportunities for artists. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you're an artist um, (laughs) now. You know, a lot of what you do. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it definitely bleeds through everything I do with nutrition strip. That's for sure. Yeah. So I got into biology and psychology as my first, um, college majors at Ohio state and psychology. I loved that. I loved the interaction and also like the human body, but the interaction between like people and their experiences, except for me, I was like, man, I don't know if I could become a psychologist and coach and counsel all the time. It it felt too heavy for me. Mm -hmm. Again, very intuitive. I know my boundaries emotionally, spiritually, and that, that would just like open up too much for me. And so I was like, there's, there's other things here that I really want to explore. Again, I loved biology. And then during my like exploration phase, I really got into working out into like a couple of friends did fitness modeling and college like athletics. And so I just hung out with them and was starting to cook and do meal planning and just really kind of fell into sports nutrition as, as like this catalyst into this nutrition world. Hmm. And so that was really the start of it all. And it was really an interesting journey. And I feel like to this day, you know, nutrition and that whole path really kind of found me, if you will, because all along, 
kind of going backwards a little bit. In high school, I had horrible migraines that would take me out of school for like three days at a time. Oh my God. I would have PMS, you know, acne issues, especially like on my back and chest, tons of digestion issues. Except as like a 15, 16 year old, you really don't think about it. I mean, yeah. for me, like I'm from the Midwest. I was like eating Skyline chili and. <laughs> like Pringles. And yeah, I would eat healthy food too. But like, I had no concept of, oh, food impacts the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So I kind of just accepted, all right, this is going to be my new normal. And like, I'm just going to live this way. And that's fine. Because you didn't know anything better. You didn't have no idea. You know, we I talk about that all the time that people don't know what they don't know. They don't know how good they could (laughs) feel until they feel that way. And then they look back and they're like, holy crap. Like yeah. I was like, living the in the, yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. So, I mean, that's exactly what happened. So during all of this, again, this like, um, exploration of college majors. And when I got into nutrition, of course, being in a dietetic curriculum, I was going through all of these, you know, biology, um, all, all of the things, you know, that happened with dietetics, but there were a couple courses in particular that helped me again, I really feel like this found me, but I just started guinea pigging all of these different diets and lifestyles just out of to be honest, just out of complete curiosity. And also because I knew that I was going to coach people in the future. And I wanted to truly empathize with them and come at it from a way that I was like, oh, yeah, I remember doing vegan for, you know, Mm -hmm. two years, this is what I felt XYZ. So I mean, I literally did like pretty long case studies on myself from like six months on diets two years. Wow. So during that process, I did a really long food elimination diet, because that was just that was kind of basic, especially as a nutrition student. Again, I don't know if all students do this, but I was really into it. So (laughs) I would guinea pig everything. And that was really my turning point of a lot of health issues began to resolve. So first up, I took out dairy. And I had a hunch about this anyway. It's in the top eight food allergens. My All of my family members have um, some type of dairy intolerance or like IBS related to dairy. So I Mm. knew like I'm probably going to have an issue. So for me, within like two to three days, my skin dramatically cleared up. My digestion issues, like, I mean, this sounds really dramatic, but for me, feeling like that was, quote, normal, and then to feel better, it felt like night and day. It Mm -hmm. felt like a light bulb went on, and I was just like, this is incredible. This is how it feels to feel good. So I kept at it. And, um, you know, again, just years of tweaking gluten and I still aren't friends and I've had, you know, digestive issues since I was a teen. And, you know, even in my adult life, they still pop up and I, you know, I always will, I think have some type of, you know, issue there, but, Mm -hmm. you know, always be like working on that. So anyway, kind of moving forward to nutrition stripped. That was really, again, like in college when I got that aha moment, that was really my moment for where I was thinking, okay, well, what do I want to do with this? How do I want to help people in the future kind of go from where I was experiencing, quote, health and what I felt like was normal to what actually is. And so I really got into learning from other practitioners and yoga and integrative functional medicine and really just absorbing all different types of medicine, Western, Eastern, like anything. I would just soak it up as a sponge. And that's why I think Nutrition Strips philosophy really blossomed during that time period when I was exploring my own things that worked and what didn't work. But also I knew just from sitting in class, I was never going to prescribe or give, I should say, Jill, Joe, and Jack the same meal plan Mm. (laughs) just because of their disease state. Like that didn't make any sense to me because I was like, well, Jill, you know, Jill might have like high stress because she's a young professional and, you know, whatever. And Jack might be a dad of four. And like, there's so many other factors with stress and sleep and metabolism that, you know, really alter the way that we should be nourishing our body on different ways, not just food, but like, how are we feeding ourselves on like a life? Like the self-care stuff. Yeah. Like on a life level. So again, fast forwarding a little bit, Nutrition Stripped really started as a food blog. Mm-hmm. and a nutrition blog because I wanted to just like, again, hungry student, like soaking all this in. I'm just like jazzed about life because I feel great. And I'm finally feeling like I'm living my life again. So I just wrote and I wrote like this blog and I had no idea how to, to how to like have a blog. Yeah. And, you know, I had probably 50 readers at the first, all of whom I could 
list off from like high school to family members. Mm-hmm. So just like Facebook <laughs> <And> then, friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Facebook friends. And then it grew just because I was consistent. You know, I'd have a recipe on Tuesday, Fridays would be a nutrition article or like health advice or something. And I mean, honestly, it happened pretty quick in terms of taking it from a hobby to a full-time career within less than a year. I want to say like nine months. Amazing. And it was because of just inquiries and people were like, hey, you're a dietitian. I want you to coach me. And that was, that was kind of what I was formulating what I would do like in college. And I was like, Oh, what am I going to do with all this? Mm -hmm. I I had a hunch, like I'm going to, I'm going to have my own thing. It's awesome. And so I just never knew how that would take shape. And it still amazes me like how it is taking shape still um, and how it's evolved over the years. But it was a lot of challenge, a lot of sacrifice, you know, starting your own company is intense. I was working like three jobs at the time of starting it. So it might look like all sunshine and rainbows to the outside world on social media because it's so edited and filtered Mm -hmm. for all of us. But, um, you know, nothing ever happens overnight. It's a lot of hard work. Well, it's phenomenal what you've created. It's truly amazing and inspiring. And I know you're like, yeah, it blew up because I was consistent, but not, that's not it. I mean, what you do is remarkable and it's so different from what other people put out there. Cause what's so special in addition to your aesthetic, which is just like drop dead gorgeous, but everything is legit, dude. It's like science based. It's not just like random person that read random stuff on Wikipedia, randomly putting it in their words and putting it out into the world as fact. Like you are a dietitian, which I think makes you so much more legit and credible. And, you know, you can really talk about what you're talking about. Thank you. Thank you. I really, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I love the world of science. I respect it. It's, It's here for a reason. And I think it's also really important that we listen to the other side of the spectrum, which is the subjective. It's like, how are we feeling? You know, science can't always measure that and the psychological component all the time. And so I think it's really important that we have both experiences as humans for a reason. And it's, it's good to put those both into action to take care of yourself best. It's unusual to find somebody like you, like an artist who's also into science. That's weird. I know. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> I mean, weird. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I'm insanely fascinated with like just biology. I think like the math part of it, like calculus, pre-cal, like all of that, mm, I wasn't so into. I like just got by just mm-hmm. to do it. You know what I mean? But yeah, like biology classes, anatomy, physiology, I really, I really dug that. Fascinating. So just can you clarify for us, what is the difference between a nutritionist and a dietitian or an RD? Yeah, so RD, registered dietitian, or RDN, registered dietitian nutritionist, both credentials mean essentially the same thing, are through university accredited programs through the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So what kind of quote has to happen, and I actually believe these rules are changing, and I want to say in 2020 or 2022, um, but right now you just have to have an undergraduate degree from, again, that accredited university in dietetics with a internship that lasts about a year, if not two. And then you have to pass a um, national exam to get your like your official credential. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also CEUs involved, continuing education credits that are over the span of um, five years. And that just, again, like keeps you up to date with science and everything. Oh. So there's quite a lot of science. Again, anatomy, it's from a clinical perspective. The um, the dietetic curriculum too, I've noticed because I have a friend who teaches at a university. It's been really, really cool to see the like some of the infrastructure of the the curriculum like be updated and change and talk about like plant-based diets and yoga a little bit more than I had a touch point in school. So that's a that's a huge factor. But again in 2020 and 2022 I think like you'll have to be um, you'll have to have a master of science, which mm-hmm. I went ahead and did when I was just fresh out of undergrad because I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm never gonna do it. True. And then the difference between you said a nutritionist was your question? Yeah, because I have a friend who's a diet dietitian and she's like, basically anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Is that, I mean, in so many words. (laughs) I mean, yeah. in so many words are in a nutshell, pretty much. Um, I mean, like if, if you went to a university and you might have, um, you know, some nutrition classes or nutrition courses under your belt, or 
have gone to maybe like a couple online courses or something like quote nutritionists, like, yeah, pretty much anybody who's done that can say that. And then health coaches differ depending on like, you know, universities or online courses that you're taking, like Institute of Integrative Nutrition, I think like you have their type of certification of a health coach. So there's like, there's a lot going on. I mean, yeah, I don't believe like one has a monopoly on like nutrition health. But I do think like, you know, if you're looking for somebody, you know, to work with as like a coach, as a potential client or whatever, just look out at their credentials and see like if your goal meets their expertise and their experience. That's really what it's about making sure that you're putting your health in good hands and and information that you're getting is actually like reliable information that you can count on because there is just like so much out there now, which again, it's like, I'm sure everyone's intentions are really, really great and just want to help people, but some of them aren't. So you just got to kind of scope them out. Totally. Well, talk to me about your food philosophy because you you do have like a pretty articulate food philosophy. So how did you come up with it? And, you know, how did you evolve to build the guidelines for it? It sounds like it happened during your exploratory phase when you were like doing your elimination diet and really being a guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, really in a nutshell, like food philosophy wise, it's it's to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I wanted to say that in one sentence, it's to keep it simple. And what that means is enjoy a lot of whole foods. And that term is being used a lot too. And so what is a whole food? <laughs> it's like fruits, vegetables, legumes, grains, you know, sweet potatoes, all plants. those good nuts, seeds, <laughs> plants, you know, and that's, it doesn't have to be like quote, vegan or plant-based, like you can still enjoy animal proteins if that fits you and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And if, if that is your option, I just urge people to be like, hey, like, where is this coming from? Like, can I like um, get in touch with local farmers and see like how they're raising their animals and what they're feeding them? And for me, how are they caring for them? Um, that's a huge point for me, like personally in my bones, like I don't feel good about eating animal proteins unless I'm like cool with the system before it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, anyway, there's so much I could go on about that. But Mm -hmm. just saying like eating simple foods, simplicity over superfoods is really where we need to be focusing just as a society. I think it's great to get really excited about like the goji berries and the matcha and the maca powder and all of these things that are are incredibly nutrient dense, but are they a necessity to your health? No. Again, it's kind of like, why do all the manis and petties for self-care if you're (laughs) not actually sleeping well? Like why do all the matcha and goji if you're not even getting in like, you know, my goal, eight to 10 cups of greens a day? Yes. You know, really. And why is that? It's fiber, it's phytonutrients, it's minerals. It's things that like we just don't get enough of number one in our soil nowadays, but also just we don't eat them enough. So that's huge. And again, it, it can be just that simple. And I think that is just like the, the bulk of our food philosophy. Now, in terms of like recipes I share, I do share all gluten and dairy free. Selfishly, I started the blog with those recipes for my needs. So it's just blossomed in that way. <laughs> um, I have to be honest. But at the core, I always mention options in every single recipe. Like, yes, this might look vegetarian at face value, but I always give you like, hey, if you want, you know, a protein option, include that. Yeah. You know, include a protein of your choice and, you know, nuts and seeds, if you will, or if you eat cheese, like go ahead and add that in. Like, again, I'm not um, dogmatic about what you can and can't eat. It's just, you know, yourself better and, and what your lifestyle is. So just go with that. Exactly. Well, I love that you say simplicity over superfoods because I mean, in this industry right now, it's just like every day, some sort of trendy packaged quote unquote healthy food is popping up and, you know, sprawling all all across Instagram. So how do you like process that? Like, how do you deal with that? How do you decide what you want to incorporate and suggest to people to incorporate into their lives when really, as you said, it's just about whole foods. It's about plants. It's about real, real food. How do you add the fun, trendy, expensive, uh, (laughs) well-branded food into that philosophy? Yeah. I think that's an awesome question. Um, I feel really grateful and fortunate that I can get a lot of those like as samples when they first come out and try them. But again, like I'm a natural guinea pig. So for sure, I'm going to try out stuff and I'm going to research it and see like, does it live up to the hype? 
So matcha, I love matcha. Matcha is pretty easy to get your hands on now too. I mean, yes, it, it is pricier compared to just like a uh, loose leaf green tea, for example, but the antioxidants are much higher. It's really delicious too. Yeah. And so that can kind of be an easy replacement for like an afternoon tea or even like coffee in the morning if you want to switch it up. So I love that one. And that one's really stuck with me to almost be like a classic versus just like a superfood. And again, like this is a classic. Like if you look at it traditionally yeah. in Japanese culture, like this isn't anything new. It's just new for like, you know, US and mainstream to be like, oh, matcha. You know, like I have a friend, Candace Kumai, who's mm-hmm. a doll and she, um, she, you know, always teaches me like the world of matcha and, um, really got me hooked on it years ago. But well, her mom's Japanese, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so she, yeah. So she grew so, up with it um, as a norm. Yeah. Well, the original matcha bar in Williamsburg is right near where I, I mean, it's since closed and there's just one in Soho, I think, but it was right near me in Williamsburg. And I remember, you know, I was drinking matcha for years before it became this thing, you know, like, (laughs) and then their friggin' matcha bar opened up and they were making 12 different types of matcha lattes and putting it in donuts and macaroons and just like nuts. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's like, uh, going back to your question too, it's just a a matter of like, how do you want to incorporate it into your lifestyle? And do you need, do you need to, or do you, do you want to like, you know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. asking yourself really easy questions and like, what is your budget for food? Again, like superfoods can be really expensive. So like, do you need to splurge on all these things or should you just get your essentials? So I think it's more just like, Again, taking inventory and checking in with your lifestyle and how it incorporates. But I for sure drink matcha on the daily. Um, I'm trying to think of like what other like quote yeah. superfoods I can't live without. Like curious. daily um, MCT oil. I really like MCT oil. Again, I use that in the coffee elevated recipe on nutritionstrip.com. Same with the matcha tea elevated on the blog. And so what is MCT oil for somebody curious? MCT oil. So MCT is medium chain triglycerides. It's a fat source that's really common in coconut oil. Mm -hmm. So that's why like coconut oil got like, you know, really famous, if you will, (laughs) for a while, because the fat uh, MCT, they're, uh, they're digested a little bit differently than quote, like, long chain fatty acids or ones that are found in olive oil or nuts and seeds. So MCTs are digested almost like a carbohydrate, if you will, like they're used as really quick energy. And also like on the clinical standpoint, like we use those all the time for people who have malabsorption issues, who just didn't like their, their systems either couldn't really handle the digestion of fat or couldn't handle all the processes that it had to go through to digest fat, or they just needed quick energy and calories. So to use it now and, and, um, quote, like normal life, um, (laughs) it's really great because it is quick energy. It's fat. It's really good fat. It fills you up. It tastes good, especially when you blend it up in that coffee elevated or the matcha tea elevated recipe. It becomes like really frothy. Mm. Um, And also, like if you have it in a fasted state, again, if you just wake up first thing in the morning, you have a lot of water and then you drink one of those, you're kind of running on that fat fuel, if you will. Most likely, it's not like you're burning like you're not in, you know, ketosis or anything. Um, that's a whole other thing, but mm-hmm. you're, you're running on glucose, but that little, that little like nice surge of fat fuel is nice and it kind of keeps you full. I've never tried it. I've read a ton. I mean, about it. everyone's doing it, but, yeah. um, I don't do what everybody does unless somebody like you can convince me. And so maybe yeah. now I'll try it. <laughs> yeah. I like it. And if any of you are going to try it and you, Talia, <laughs> if you're going to try it, um, start really small. Like I'm talking like maybe a teaspoon at a time because if your digestion is not used to MCT oil, you'll digest things very quickly, if you know what I mean. So that will just be like a little uncomfortable. So just start really small, take it easy, explore it. And then, yeah, I I feel like those are all the like quote superfoods that I eat on on the daily. Great. So, okay. So in addition to nutrition and food, you also talk a ton about, you know, the whole lifestyle, like we were saying before, which includes like stress, sleep, love, nature. I mean, even in your book where you list out your 20 pillars to living whole and eating well, like one of those pillars is actually about food and that's to eat a lot of greens. The rest are like de-stressing techniques and meditating and exercising and alone time, which it's fascinating that like a superstar dietitian like you promotes so 
so many other aspects of life beyond food as crucial to eating and living well. Thank you. I guess I, I guess I just view that as like, um, duh, right? Like, should, <laughs> should not to most people. That? Yeah, I know. But, um, I don't know. I, I suppose it is a combination of just my health journey and history and appreciation of life in many areas of my personal life. It's easy for me to see the full picture. Mm-hmm. And also just life is so short and it's really, we need to move through it and feel really good. And, like take a pause and enjoy the moments and soak them in. I think it's so crucial, especially like I said earlier, just in our society, there's so much urgency behind things that we do. And that's, it's just a way to look at the bigger picture of your life because we can have the most perfect diet. If there is such a thing, just as an example, you can have the most perfect diet, but if your stress is out of whack or if you are incredibly unhappy or your mental stability or like just general emotional awareness and well-being isn't met or at or higher as it should be you know the the diet isn't going to matter right does that make sense like yeah they all work together everyone jives and works together and if one thing on this like one spoke on the wheel is weak or it's broken then everything else is going to be impacted and so it's it really is that like cliche word balance, but it truly (laughs) is. Um, (laughs) I know it truly is. It's like, how do you tend to all these things? And how do you feed yourself and nourish yourself with food? Yes. But with exercise, with sleep, with joy, with support, all of these other things we have to nourish too. Well, how do you do that? Because I mean, I heard you on a podcast a few years ago, I believe, where you talked about how you were actually burned out. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like you went through a really rough period. You know, maybe that was right when Nutrition Strip was like hit in stardom and you were like running it maybe as a one woman show. And, and I just heard you say like how much of a struggle that was. And so I assume you learned a lot from that. And now you have some sort of quote unquote balance in your life to try to prevent that from happening. So how did you get through that period? Yeah, I mean, 100%. And yes, you answered that. I mean, it was like the one woman show. It was like all of these other factors. There were things in my personal life that were going awry. And then it was just like all of this pressure to keep growing something that like I had no idea that I was making in the first place. (laughs) And it was just there was a lot back then. And so that like contributed to burnout or what I think was burnout, right? So I'm insanely grateful for that experience, though, because as the company grows and as our goals grow, like that's not going to slow down. Like this isn't slowing down anytime soon. So I've had to make, you know, strategies and have tools and put myself first. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for me, what I've learned and how I kind of got on track from that was taking a break. It's about saying no and having boundaries. I say no far more than I say yes. Yeah, you rescheduled this podcast three times. Did I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were first in touch in July and we are now in January. So Example you definitely right practice what you preach. <laughs> <laughs> I have to practice what I preach. Um, but I mean, it really is like that. Like if I feel like I'm not able to show up fully for other people, whether they're, they're clients, family, friends, or the community, whatever it is, or like projects or partners, like if I can't show up fully for them because I'm not, I'm not like showing up for myself, then I definitely create boundaries and like get back into that zone of like feeling in sync. So like, you know, really easy things to keep me quote in sync. It's the morning routine. Tell us about your morning routine. Yeah, I write a lot about it on the blog as well. Like I literally have like a detailed I read it, yeah. Um, Give us spark notes, can you? Or is it too long, you think? Um, maybe you could just do the, yeah, I feel like like it's going to be long. Okay. We'll link it in the show notes. (laughs) Yeah. But in a nutshell, I wake up, um, you know, different time, depending on the the season, like right now we're in the winter. And so I wake up a little bit later, like 637. Normally it's like five or six. And after I try to get like eight hours of sleep every night, I wake up, drink a lot of water, either have coffee elevated or matcha tea elevated. I'll do a little meditation while I'm drinking that, like waking up, getting my like digestive system moving, like getting my mind working and everything is just kind of like awakening from the night before. Um, I'll go work out 
and I love to run, lift weights, or do something, maybe walk outside depending on the weather, um, or swim. I love to swim too. Yeah. And then I'll come back home and like get ready. It's it's very like routine, and I, I thrive off of that. I really like function well when I have a routine and I know that I'm taking care of myself so that I can immediately when I'm like on at work, I can show up and I can show up and be, you know, the best leader to the team, you know, be like on for the community when I'm creating content, when I'm writing, like I can really be there. And I think that's, that's really important. And, you know, same with coaching my clients. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're really simple acts, but I feel like saying no is a huge one. Mm -hmm. And just knowing like, if I am going to say yes, is the energy exchange going to be good and leave me feeling good? Like if I take that meeting, if I take, you know, that lunch date or what have you, like there are so many opportunities that we all have, but we don't have to take them all. Yeah. I think it's really important to just get focused and be like, how will I feel afterwards? And like, is this in line with nourishing myself on XYZ level? So yes. again, there are a lot of questions, but I, I kind of go through all those things when I think about, um, pushing myself too hard. Cause I can really go like, that's my natural state. It's just, just go, go, go. Cause mm -hmm. it's like, I'm so passionate about nutrition stripped. And then mm -hmm. it's also like, I'm just an insane hard worker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's hard sometimes to shut off, but I've learned better, you know, to do that. Yeah. I call it the empowered. No, you know, and where you say no to something, but not like, no, like I'm, but like, no, you know, like you're, you have a why behind it. You're passionate about saying no rather than feeling guilty or feeling bummed. And, and I apply that to food as well. Like when my clients come to me and they're like, how do you resist X, Y, Z on healthy food? I'm like, well, I think about how that food's going to make me feel. And if I don't want to feel the way that that food's going to make me feel, then I happily say no. And it's an empowered no. It's a happy no. Yeah. Yeah. No with purpose. Yeah. You know? I like that. No with purpose. So do you think you said that, you know, you're really attached to your morning routine and that that really helps you set you up for your day. Have you found with most of your clients that they also thrive in routines? Like, do you think we're all naturally routine people or kind of like you were saying, there's not one perfect diet plan for each person is not every person a routine thriver? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't think everyone thrives in routine. I don't. I think our bodies really love routine from like a biological standpoint. Like just take the sleep cycle, for example, mm -hmm. you know, and digestion, right? Like uh, hunger cues and, and all of that. Like I think our bodies really love it. But I've had clients who have like the most sporadic schedule I've ever seen or they're traveling all the time. So it's more about how do we make like a mock routine to wherever you are? Like, how do we fit in these things that are going to be in your list of like routines, but they're not necessarily like flushed out or an event? Like you don't have to make it an event, right? Yeah. So I think it just depends on like knowing you and how you work. And if you haven't tried like a little bit more of a structured like morning routine where you kind of get in the flow, because that's what it's about. It's like the flow. It's like the habit to where it doesn't even feel like like when I do the quote morning routine in the morning, <laughs> it just feels like me waking up right? But because it's such a habit. And it's this really beautiful, like spacious flow in the morning because it's just ingrained. And so I feel like if you haven't tried that yet, like give yourself like a couple of weeks to experiment with one, even if it's really small, like it doesn't have to be crazy long. Maybe it's just like an evening routine and you do like three steps before you go to bed. But yeah, I would invite like people who haven't done that before just to try it out and see if it does create like a nice space. Yeah. A nice flow. That's a nice um, bookend for your day, you know, where you yeah. know no matter what crazy, potentially unhealthy stuff happens in the middle of the day, if you have a morning and evening routine, at least you bookended your day with some great shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you know like, you know, you're commuting for an hour every day, like can you make a little like routine and listening to a podcast that uplifts you or helps you turn off work for the day or what have you, or like mm -hmm. call a friend or a family member and, you know, whatever it is that helps you feel good. Yeah. So you mentioned your workouts and I know you have a routine, you know, to work out and you talk a lot about your workouts on Instagram stories. I'm curious, what's your relationship, you know, in your mind between exercise and stress and food and how do you balance all that? Like, what do you typically eat around your workouts and do you work out 
a certain way when you're feeling stressed? And do you find that for some people, exercise makes them more stressed or is it always a de-stressor? I've heard, you know, conflicting opinions. Mm, I think that's a great question. So from my personal experience, I think um, I gravitate towards movement of all kinds, like most days. Now, does that mean a run every day? Absolutely not. But it might mean like a walk outside with our dog, you know, for 30 minutes to clear my head if it's a stressful day or if I'm feeling a little under the weather. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? So I think it's more about listening to your body and, and catering your movement for that day around that. But I'm not one to be like, you know, go in the gym and what is it? What's that saying? Like no pain, no gain. Yeah. I think it's like ridiculous. Like, no, just like love your body and, and work out because it makes you feel good. And I definitely work out from a mental, like emotional, spiritual level. Cause I try to like do a, a running meditation or if I'm swimming, I'll kind of do like meditations while I'm doing that. Wow. Um, so for me, that really sets me up like mentally for the day versus, and of course, like we all know the, the physical benefits of exercise are incredible. So, um, that's just like an added bonus. Yeah. For me, I try to get in you know, at least a half hour, most days of movement, uh, like every day of movement. Again, it could be even just a 30 minute walk, like to and from the office or something, but at least I'm getting in like movement that I'm trying to dedicate to myself. What's a running meditation? I don't even know if it exists, but it's something that I do. What do you do? So it's just, um, so it clearly exists. I (laughs) I suppose it's just you know, how you get in the flow when you're working out or if you've ever swam before. So swimming for me is really therapeutic because it's repeated movement Mm -hmm. and you kind of just get in this, this zone and same with running. It's like you get in this, this zone and this flow where for the first, maybe five, 10 minutes, depending on the day, I'm just working out like random thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like kind of like stream of consciousness, like what's on my mind. So like, ego driven. And then I can just like get rid of that and just be again. It's kind of like if I were sitting down meditating, that's, that's kind of how I start meditation too, is just yeah. let whatever thoughts are arising, just be, you know, and just let them hang out and le- and like, let them go before I can actually just sit with myself pretty still. And so again, I'm not technically still I'm running or I'm swimming, but it feels very still. And so I love those moments. And again, that's really my motivation behind working out too. But also if this seems like so abstract, which I get, like, I know this is like a little abstract, but you can even just try saying like mantras, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel strong. I am confident. I am nourished or I do things that nourish me, whatever like those mantras are. I'm really into those. I have some listed on the blog as well, but you can just repeat those. And I think it's a really nice, again, mental, emotional primer to really set yourself up for the day. So you're you're feeling really proactive versus reactive to stress or whatever's coming your way for the day ahead. And it just sets you up really well. That's great. I mean, it sounds like meditation is a huge part of your being, your daily existence. Yeah, I've I've been toying with it since I was like 21. So it's it's really important to me. Yeah, it's great. So change of subject, your society. I know, what, last year maybe you launched your Nutrition Strip Society? So we have the Guide to Master Meal Planning. And that is uh, a year's worth of meal plans, cooking videos, cooking lists. So like you can bring it to the grocery store and you have a grocery shopping list and also your cooking plan for the week. And that's that's incredible. And then the society is the monthly subscription. It's $5.99 and it's exclusive um, videos, recipes, in-depth nutrition and wellness articles, like Q&A stuff. It's really cool. Um, we're trying to, because this is a, a new this is a new thing, but we're trying to make it a little bit more like feedback driven. So like as society members write in, say like, hey, like I want to see this content next month. It's really like driven by our community, which has been really fun. Wow. What led you to create that? I mean, that sounds like quite the undertaking. It's just fun. And also we had so many requests outside of, so we had like thousands of people who were really into the guide to master meal planning and, and really purchased that, that program to help them meal plan for life. Cause it's really about the strategies and laying out the framework of it. It's really organized week to week to help you reduce food waste and to keep meals really simple and really teach you. Like that's 
the purpose of it. It's not like a plug and place, like, um, meal planning software, some that are out there. Like that's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to like coach people how to meal plan essentially. Wow. So from that, we had just tons of inquiries like, Hey, like I really love this, but can we have even more recipes or like videos and da da da. And the thing is already like a beast of a program. And so to add on to that, I was like, no, we're just, we're doing (laughs) something different because not everybody, um, like in the community, wants to know how to meal prep because they either already do and they do it every day and they do it really well or it's just like they're not into it and that's fine so I wanted to serve them the community in a different way um so yeah I mean that's it that's so cool so you I mean do you meal plan for yourself yeah even though like your daily work must entail recipe testing and you know you live with so much food and Jesse cooks a lot of food but you still like get in there what like every Sunday and make all the stuff yeah I try to meal plan every Sunday um meal prep just like basics but to be honest like I'm not in the kitchen every day like recipe testing I'm I'm pretty like I like to batch recipe tests so that if I'm in the kitchen, I'm experimenting like all day and I'm trying to knock out maybe like 10 or 12 recipes if I'm being really wow. ambitious because I like to be like in that creative flow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bandana like, okay, on, music, yeah. smock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I just like to, to have fun with it. And so normally I like, I'll plan or try to just like hit up one day to do that like a week or maybe it's every other week for the whole month on the blog or something like that. Like I really like to, to batch do that. So yeah, for sure. I meal plan every week. And then, you know, if we cook during the week, it could just be a combination of those like meal components we made on Sunday, or it's straight up like a meal from scratch. And we take a little bit more time and like have like more of a fun evening, just like making it. So it just depends. When you meal plan, does that involve breakfast too? Or is it mostly like components for lunch and snacks and dinners? Mostly for lunch and dinner for yeah. me because smoothies are kind of like my go-to in the morning unless I make like chia seed pudding or overnight oats or it's on the weekend. I might like make some pancakes or something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, like Monday through Friday, I just like some variation of like a post-workout smoothie that's really loaded up so I can take it with me to go to the office and it keeps me full until lunch. And and then, yeah. And then I use like meal components that I've made on the weekend for lunch and dinner. Ooh, tell us what's in your post-workout smoothie, if you don't mind. Yeah, I would say like the most popular one for me is almond milk. So maybe one to two cups of almond milk, depending on like how many greens I put in there. I'll do two handfuls of greens. So I've really been loving watercress lately like for the past like I don't even know I've been on like a two-month kick of watercress (laughs) lately so which is insanely antioxidant rich more than kale and it's it tastes really really nice too in green smoothies so anyway almond milk watercress I'll do like fresh lemon like maybe half of a fresh squeezed lemon vanilla protein powder I'll do almond butter or cashew butter um, sometimes like coconut butter, if I have it, um, let's see what else <laughs> do sometimes flaxseed or chia seed in there and, um, berries. So Yum. again, really any type of frozen berry that I have. So raspberries, blueberries, uh, blackberries are my favorite. That sounds great. And that keeps you full to lunch. Yeah. The fat will do that. The fat and the fiber will really keep you nice and full. So I kind of go a little heavy handed on that almond butter. YOLO. (laughs) Yeah. So if you're experimenting with it at home, you can just try that out. Like if you get really hungry, like an hour or two later, then maybe beef up the flaxseed or chia seed or the or the healthy fat and that'll coast you a little bit longer. That's so helpful. Thanks. Yeah. So I want to be mindful of your time because as we said, you know, you've you're a busy gal, you've got a lot going on. So I'm just gonna ask you my few plant party questions, and then I'll let you get back on your way. Sound yeah, good? Awesome. Okay. What is your favorite plant party restaurant? Just a restaurant that has great plants. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, does it have to be in Nashville or can it be like anywhere? Anywhere. I really loved um, plant food and wine mm-hmm. in, in LA. LA. Yeah. That like that menu blew my mind. It was insane, and um, they were so kind when I was in LA for the cookbook tour to give me a tour of their kitchen space above, where they do their cooking school yeah. and teach all their soon-to-be chefs. 
it was probably just like the combination of that really special experience, a glass of rosé, and then an amazing like day. So I really loved that. That's great. And it literally has the word plant in it. Yeah. And I, I very much miss pure food and wine. I assume you went there. I didn't. I don't know what that is. Oh my God. It was in New York City. It was actually Matthew Kenny's original. He opened up with this Sarma. Uh, I don't melon. Blah, blah, blah. It was here. Oh in, yes, who your food and wine and one lucky duck, and then he left and did his own thing, and now opened up plant food and wine. Has all these other restaurants, and she's in jail. But that's a different story. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I did. I did. I do know that now that you bring it up that it was in New York. Yeah, um, that's great. Yeah. What is <laughs> your favorite plant to eat? I mean, I'm going to be boring and just say like dark leafy greens. It's so boring. Specific, I know it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It really is. No, watercress um, was, was fascinating. Yeah, I do. Again, like right now in the present moment, I would say watercress, but my like classic is dino kale. So, <laughs> I like that you specify yeah. the kale. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know it is. So I, I also, you love dates, which I mean, I, I feel like we're kindred spirits and that we both consume a lot of dates. I don't feel like everybody's all on the date train. So why do you love, I just want to know why you love dates so much and what do you do with them the most, would you say in your day-to-day life? Well, I don't have them daily, but I have them weekly and um, it's either in a smoothie to sweeten it really quick, or if I want to use it as a sweetener in a smoothie, plus add a little bit of fiber and a little bit of carbohydrate, I'll add, you know, maybe one or two or something. Otherwise, I like them in raw desserts or just as is. And and I like them. The flavor is amazing. Like the flavor and the texture is like, it's literally nature's candy. candy. I know. Yeah. So good. But like caramel in particular. It's just like, it's insane. The texture is really insane. On that note though, too, we have a raw caramel recipe that includes dates that is just out of this world. You you have to try it. Okay. I'll link it in the show notes and I will link it in my mouth. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What is your most used kitchen tool? Vitamix. Nice. Or the Breville kettle, actually. Like Like a tea um, kettle? Hot water. Yeah, yeah. Because I drink tea all day long. Oh, what kind of tea do you drink all day long? Well, like in the afternoon and the evening, caffeine-free herbal, like rooibos, which is a red tea. Mm -hmm. And... um, or just like traditional medicinals or like yogi tea. Like they have a lot of really good um, blends of like chamomile or dandelion or something like that. So I mix it up. What do you do in the early part? The green tea or matcha, I guess, right? Yeah, matcha. Matcha or um, I love chai. Mm, chai. Do you just do like a ba- like a regular tea bag of it or do you like yeah, do the whole I'm mix, like very, mix thing? No, I'm like very like simple with it. Like a lazy chai, which is from the tea bag. <laughs> a lazy chai. From the tea bag with steamed milk, like steamed almond milk, maybe like half that, half half boiling water <laughs> so that tea can actually steep. Uh, and that's it. I mean like super quick. So lazy. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is a book that's inspired you in some awesome way? Power of Now. I love that book. Good one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, where can people go to get their nutrition stripped? (laughs) (laughs) To get all things nutrition stripped? We'll get them. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally type in Google nutrition stripped and come to our blog because that's a stupid question. I know. And really it's like, it's like a website to be honest, because it's, it's blown up. Yeah. It's not a blog. A great resource. Yeah. Yeah. So recipes, articles, we um, launched our new T-shirts and sweatshirts, which are just like flying off. If we had a physical shelf, it would be flying off our shelf. <laughs> but yeah. um, those are really fun. And then, yeah, if you want to join the society or get meal plans for the year, that's all on our website too. How do you keep up with all this? I mean, you do so much. Your webs- I feel like every time I go to your website, it's been revamped and you have new things and it's reorganized <laughs> and you pump out so much content and then you have your society and your Instagram and your clothes and your products. Like, How do you do it? And you still sound so grounded and happy and peaceful. It's mind-blowing. Mm. Well, thank you. Um, Give me the I answer. Mean, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm coming <laughs> Over the answer. No, honestly, I think it's um, it's in my DNA to be really like operationally organized. So I think that works well for a company. So I plan ahead. I have a great 
team that's grown. And so, you know, I have help with like the social media planning. I still do all of like Instagram and comments and all of that stuff. Like I, I love doing that. It's such a fun touch point. But, you know, like emails that we send out and, you know, website stuff, like I have my hand in everything, but I've also learned again from that learning experience with burnout circa like, you know, whatever, 2014 or 2015 to delegate and to, to have help. And, you know, I'm grateful to be in, or the company is in the position to like have a team. And so that's, that's really helpful. I don't think I would ever just be like cool hanging out without challenging myself, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And so all of these things that we do and have in the air are ways that, that I've pushed for because I want to feel like a little uncomfortable, at least like several times during the week. You know what I mean? It needs to feel just like a slight, like, "Mm, this is a little uncomfortable Um, because you're really pushing yourself and you're growing and you're strengthening and you're, you're building that like resiliency. Otherwise I feel like I would just become too comfortable and I wouldn't have fun anymore. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's so inspiring. So what's next for you then? What's going to be the next thing that makes you uncomfortable that you just plow through? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, we, we definitely have a lot on the docket. I think uh, the one thing I'm really excited and can share about are online courses that are going to go like far more in depth on specific nutritional needs. I'll say that. So really kind of putting a spin on my dietetic background in a way that's um, reaching people from their home so they can do kind of like a self-study course. Damn girl, you are doing it all. Well, I want to get a t-shirt or something <laughs> to yes. bring a lie of your book already, but I'm going to get a t-shirt or something. But yes. um, thank we'll you, you so much for coming on the show. I was saying before we pressed play, I've been following you since your day one, I think, or maybe your day like 10, but um, you're just you're amazing. You're such an inspiration to everybody that I know that eats plants. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for not bailing on me since I'm rescheduling 12 (laughs) times since July. (laughs) You're so sweet. No, I'm also sorry about that. No. Practicing whatever. (laughs) I know. Way to stay on brand. (laughs) I know. Um, But no, I really appreciate that. That's, that's so kind. And um, truly like anytime I get a, a, a verbal compliment like that or email or comment on Instagram or something like genuinely feel the same way every time it's received. And I'm just like very humbled and, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, thank you for allowing me to share our story of Nutrition Strip and how it became to be and say hi. Yay. All right. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the Party in My Plants podcast. I hope you slurped up a lot of these great thoughts like you'd slurp up a great smoothie. I love how Mikkel said, why do all the matcha and gojis if you're not even getting in eight to 10 cups of greens a day? If that's all you take away from our chat, that is more than enough. It's truly about simplicity over superfoods, my friend. Truly, madly, deeply. If you can think of another human who could truly, madly, deeply benefit from hearing this chat, please, for the love of blueberries, share it with them. And if you can spare three minutes leaving a review for my podcast in iTunes, por favor, for the love of guacamole, please leave a comment on my podcast in iTunes. And if you want a very detailed recap of this chat, the link to Mikkel's morning routine and more stuff from moi that takes the hell out of healthy living, venture on over to partyinmyplants.com slash 73.